Why is French chocolate so good? You guys know? No. Uh, probably because just chocolate's good. French chocolate is complex, but never bitter. It rewards your patience with a bouquet of different flavors like fruity, floral, and earthy. And we've been exploring Paris for the last four weeks. And we started to wonder as we were biting into this chocolate that they sell here, why it's so good. Well, today on Elliot Confidential, we're gonna visit three famous Paris chocolate shops and we're gonna find out. Welcome to the Elliot Confidential Podcast. I'm Christopher Elliot. I'm here with Aiden Elliot, Aaron Elliot. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Good to good to be here. Good thing good all things considered, you know what I'm saying? It's been a good it's been an interesting day so far, yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, before we go out for a walk to find this chocolate, uh, let's get to this week's question. I'd love to know what the best chocolate is that you've ever had in your travels. Whether it's Ritual Chocolate in Park City, which we've been to and I know that we love, or Mirzam Chocolates in Dubai, another great place. Where have you gotten the best chocolate bar ever? So go to the comments, leave your favorite chocolate place there, and we'll read those in our next podcast. All right, are you guys ready? Let's take a walk. We're going to the Marais neighborhood in Paris, and we're going to visit three chocolate shops. The first one is called Jacques Jeanine, and it's in a really small and very, very old building. It looks more like a dungeon than anything like that. But as you walk in, you can smell. It smells like fruit. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a really amazing uh, smell when we came in. I was shocked, you know. I thought, wow, they must be doing something other than chocolate. But no, upstairs is just chocolate, just lots and lots of chocolate. Well, they do do other things than chocolate. They do those little gummies, and we bought some, we yes. bought some of their gummies. Yeah. yeah. But there's a spiral staircase going upstairs, and that's where they make the chocolate. It's, they make it on site, but you can't go and look at the, them making the chocolate because of COVID, unfortunately. You want me to get over the, the chocolate cube aisles? Oh. Here we go. Mm. All right, here it is. This is Madagascar, 71%. Would you like some, Eric? No. Okay. I didn't hear you go. Mm. This is a little bit softer. Uh, mm. Sorry, but mm -hmm. I actually um, popped one out of my mouth or something. I don't mm. even know. The cube aisle popped out of my mouth for a second. I don't know why. Okay. What do you guys think? Mmm, tastes pretty nice. Mm -hmm. Very fruity. It's the Madagascar flavor. It is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 71%. I can, I can taste the fruit too. It's very, very good. Yes. Our next chocolate shop is called La Maison du Chocolat. And it is the smallest of all of the chocolate shops that we went to. It's just one room. And there's a guy in there, very nice guy. And there's chocolate on the walls in display cases, and they uh, sell them in much smaller denominations than the others. This is probably about three quarters of the size, this one here. And we got a Noir Robuste, which is a, a mixture of different types of chocolate. Yep. You're ready to It's not single origin. That's the most yes, important exactly. thing is it's just using a bunch of different uh, varieties of chocolate. So here you go. Let's just see how this mm. tastes. Here you go, sir. Mm. Danke. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Okay. There's definitely caramel in here. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. What do you guys taste? Well, I taste uh, pure caramel. 
offensive. There's caramel and marzipan. On the nutty end of the spectrum. Oh yeah. Really far on the nutty end. I would say that too. No, really no fruity notes. It's, a, it's not as um, it's not as pleasant as the last one, but it's fine. You know, this is the thing is, this is the sort of chocolate I expect in like a chocolate cake or something in like a brownie. Yeah, um, if we brought this to a family reunion, they would love it because the Elliots mm -hmm. are all nuts. <laughs> I can't disagree with you on that. All right, onward. Our next place. Patrick Roger. Patrick Roger. Patrick Roger. Patrick Roger. And Guys. this place, the store, was a work of art. Oh my goodness. There was glass art on the side of the wall, and then there was a glass display case where they had all their chocolates. Oh yeah. Really, and you're really very, breaking them up. Very man. impressive. Okay, I'm gonna grab one. Thank Let you. Let me get one of these cube bottles. Mm, no. oh. So one thing to note about this place is they overperform and they cut the prices right down the center. These are this is the cheapest but the best experience. You walk in there, it's like walking to Disney World. It's very well um, decorated. It's an art store. Very yeah, very it's good more, air conditioning. Yes, it's definitely an art store. Amazing air conditioning, and this is from Saint Domingue. So I, I was doing some Speaking. research a long time ago about Port past Portuguese colonies, Portuguese-speaking mm -hmm. countries, found Santo Tomé. Apparently, Santo Tomé, their government, is very well structured for commerce. They make it so open and so easy to do commerce with them and so easy for their citizens to like work very hard at something. But nobody still wants to do any business with them because they're in Africa. So yeah. when we went over there and I saw Santo Tomé, 75%, I was like, you know what? I want to do business with them. We're Saint doing Tomé. business with them, yes. So, and the interesting thing about these guys is that they serve it in it's just tin. Aluminium. Yes. Aluminium. To keep it cool. To keep it cool. Which is a good tip if you are going to go chocolate tasting. Keep everything cold. Take a thermos bag. In fact, the first place that we went to, Jacques Janine gave us a little thermal bag. Too. Because yeah. it gets very hot in the summer here in Paris and you don't want to melt your chocolate. That's a good way to know if they're legit. If they give you some like thermal protection thing for the chocolate, then they probably know what they're doing. All right, gentlemen, consult your flavor wheels and let me know what you think of Patrick Roger's Saint-Thomé. I'll show you this. Okay. I'm going with earthy on this one. So. It's bold. This is, um, this is the strongest of all of them. Saint-Thomé chocolate, super strong, but you get the best of both worlds compared to the other two. This is both nutty and incredibly fruity. Madagascar, it's all fruity. With the mix, it was all nutty. This is like in between, but you still have like such strong flavor on both ends of the spectrum. I think that puts it in the earthy category. Ah, oh, well, good. I'm glad I was, I'm right about something today, at least. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this Noir Robuste that we just had before the Patrick Roger uh, Saint Tomé 75%, it, this has a very similar flavor, and it's also a very similar percentage of of chocolate. This is 74 and the Patrick Roger is 75. So it's equally, almost equally strong. I would say the Patrick Roger is just a little bit stronger and voila, it's 1% stronger. But I would say this is kind of like the same flavor as all of these other uh, different types of chocolate that mm -hmm. were combined into this Noir Robuste. For so, testing purposes, yeah. we were just comparing three different types of dark chocolate that were very similar. So they were either somewhere around 70 to 75%. I'm sure there's gonna be a chocolate who was like, you you fool, 75 <laughs> is far different than 70%. Well, we were trying to compare similar things, 
but I'm sure that you know someone could find. But we're we're not culinary journalists, so mm. you know. But we're having fun though. That's the main thing. Yes. So you guys uh, wanted to know why uh, French chocolate was so good. If you've wondered, um, I did a little research and I found out that it's regulation. French law actually prohibits the use of any vegetable or animal fat in French chocolate. You can only use pure cocoa butter. That's the only thing that's authorized in French chocolate. If you don't use it, you can't call it chocolate. French chocolates have to contain a minimum of 26% pure cocoa butter. And you know those bonbons that they sell? They have to be at least 43% cocoa liqueur. That's a requirement by the government. A lot of bonbons, though, have up to 80% uh, cocoa liqueur, and that's why they taste so good, and that's why people keep eating them over and over again, because, well, with all that liqueur, you know, after a while, you just can't stop, right? Popping bonbons. Popping the bonbons, right. So there you go. The government made them do it. This is regulation, a good example of regulation in action that actually does good. So anyone who says government regulation is bad, you can just maybe just eat the American chocolate, I guess. I don't well, know. It's just, you know. It's just labeling. You know, they're not keeping them from making quote unquote chocolate products. They just can't just cho- call, call it straight up chocolate. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, there's good chocolate in the United States too. I'm not gonna uh, badmouth them, but I, I have to say this is nothing like what you get like at Hershey's. This is really interesting, good. Good chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so let's do your comments. Last week's podcast was about baguettes. We had so much fun doing a baguette tasting. We were running around town. And that brought out all the bread fans. And we had a record number of comments for that. So let's get right to those. Annie says, I'm listening to your podcast right now about baguettes. Bring on the butter and strawberry jam. I'm hungry. And Annie, we totally forgot to talk about the things that you eat with baguettes. It turns out we had some strawberry jelly that we got from a hotel called the Fauchon. It's a little boutique hotel in Paris. And in my estimation, nothing goes better with a baguette than some strawberry jelly. However, I know that there are other things you can have with a baguette. Aaron, what do you like with your baguettes? Oh, for me, I always eat my baguettes with hummus or I eat the baguettes as a sandwich, like I said in the last podcast. Like sandwiches, really great, but also hummus, you know, that's been one of the main uh, motifs in my life is bread and hummus. And yes. I remember doing that since a very young age and I will continue to do it despite, you know, French culinary practice, which may dictate that I should use foie gras. <laughs> oh, no, no, please. How about you, Ivan? What do you like with your baguettes? Oh, uh, hazelnut type spread. And I, I say hazelnut type spread because I know everyone thinks, oh, Nutella, but it can't be Nutella because Nutella has just the slightest bit of skim milk powder in it. That's true, There are so many great vegan Nutella options that taste the exact same as Nutella that you can use. Um, I don't know why Nutella doesn't just take out that little bit of skim milk powder, but yeah, that's why I like it. It wouldn't be Nutella if they did that. We voted on people's favorite bread in the last um, comment section, and Michael had a vote for his favorite bread. It was lavash in Armenia. He says, fresh out of the beehive-shaped oven. And I have had lavash, and you guys have had lavash too, but mm-hmm. never out of a beehive-shaped oven and never fresh. We're going to have to put that on our list when we go to Armenia. And we had a comment from Caroline who said, I had sourdough baguette at Timberline Lodge in Oregon. It was served with brie and grapes, and I still remember how delicious it was. I forever think of brie and grapes when I think of sourdough baguettes. And you know, Caroline, 
It's my favorite bread too. I love sourdough. I always associate sourdough with cold mornings in the San Francisco Bay Area. We were in Monterey about two years ago and we had some of the best sourdough bread ever. I know that you guys liked it too. Oh yeah. I think we no, bought it every day. <laughs> I, th I think the, the cold mornings there with the bread that you guys would bring back, it's, it's a very warm memory. It's a good memory, yeah. Even though it was cold outside, they were warm memories. Yes. Well said, well said. I'm... So if anyone wants to do a chocolate tasting, do you guys have any tips for them? There's only one thing that you can do, and that's plan. If you plan, if you find the best freaking chocolate cho shops, then you are going to get the best chocolate. You also have to know, what is it that you want? Like, do you want a nice chocolate as a nightcap? Because if you're going to do that, dark chocolate's not going to be for you. I used to know someone who, who ate dark chocolate at night, and she didn't sleep, all right? <laughs> so I'll say this, know what you're doing, seriously. Mm -hmm. Because if you, wanna, if you just want you know, a nice little bar of chocolate to enjoy on your way home, maybe go for like bonbons or something. That actually reminds me, if chocolate has caffeine in it, why do hotels put it on your pillow before you go to sleep for turn down service. That's a very good question. That's something that I wrote in a column about 20 years ago is what the hell are they thinking? Why are they putting a chocolate on your pillow if you're just gonna get caffeinated and you're not gonna be able to sleep? I have no idea. It's just a tradition. It's just stupid. Now, if you are going to go back to the US from a place like Paris and you're doing a chocolate tasting, you really have to be careful because, uh, you know, at this time of year, it's very warm in the US and, and humid. And so make sure that you've got everything packed away in a cool place. Otherwise, you're going to end up with just melted chocolate everywhere. Yeah, and also a good way to tell if a place is really, really legit in Paris is if they give you those insulating tins for, to keep your chocolate in. Like with the uh, Patrick Roger place, they kept that place really cold so that way the chocolate, you know, it, it stayed in a very consistent condition. And as you left, they'd put it in one of those insulating tin cans so that way until you get to your hotel or wherever you're going, it stayed cool. Yeah, no, that's, that's right. Our question this week is, what's your favorite chocolate that you've had on the road? Aaron, you have a favorite chocolate from a place that no one would have expected, which is Dubai. Yeah, I mean, in Dubai, maybe you think of melting chocolate, but not chocolate. I have to say this about Dubai, is there's a place called Mirzam, and it is one of the best chocolate places we've been to thus far. Uh, and the one thing that they do the best is chocolate-covered dates. Chocolate-covered dates are special because chocolate-covered dates don't need any added sugar. You can have 100% dark chocolate um, covering a date. And the, if these are really good dates, by the way, but you can eat that and you'll never know, oh, I'm eating dark chocolate. No, it just tastes good. It tastes like you're eating a bonbon. It does, it does, because you don't have to sweeten it because the date is sweet. Yeah, and I have to say the dates that they have over in Dubai and other uh, Arabic countries, it's far better than the dates that you get in the United States. Oh, yeah. The chewy ones that you the get. The chewy, dry ones. The, yeah, no, those aren't the ones. grocery store, yeah. Ugh. I am so glad that you guys joined us for this chocolate adventure that we had. We had so much fun doing it. We're going to have to do it again soon. Please don't forget to answer our question this week and uh, enjoy your week and maybe eat a little chocolate too. Uh, chocolate is great. There's yes, nothing, yes. nothing bad about chocolate. No, no, there's, there's only two people in this world. People that like chocolate and dirty liars. <laughs> okay. okay. See you guys next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.